Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Glory to God. Amen? I'll tell you what, you're not going to leave the same as you came here, came here this morning. Amen? Glory to God. Isn't that what it's supposed to be like? We're supposed to come into the house of God and receive from the Lord and, and walk out of this place changed, transformed. Amen? to see God do something in our lives. And I'm so grateful to have all of you that are visiting with us today. How many all over this place, you'd lift your hand and say, I'm here for the first time. Just lift your hand up if you would. We'd like to acknowledge you. Amen. One, two, three, four, five. Man, I'll tell you what. Welcome to Victory World Outreach. Amen. We love you. We're glad to have you this morning. I was talking to this family right over here this morning. They found us on Facebook. Amen. So I'll tell you one thing. We're preaching the gospel and people are hearing it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important to do what Pastor Blake talks about. He talks about going out and ministering and being a, a, uh, a witnesser outside of just an outreach team. Amen? Individual evangelism is so powerful because you're touching lives everywhere you go. Praise God. Amen? I want to minister for just a few minutes this morning. If you have your Bibles, I know a lot of you just uh, rely on the, the digital Bible or we have the scripture up here on the screen, but we're going to turn, if you would, to the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. I'm going to title my message, Prisoner of Hope, this morning, amen? If you're taking notes, please write down these, the title, write down these scriptures. If you don't believe me in my word, I'll tell you what, it's, it's God that is ministering through me this morning, but go back home and open up your Bible and begin to apply the word of God to your life, Amen? I promise you, God will touch you. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 through 12, it says, As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be set free from that waterless pit. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I don't have to suffer in that miry clay anymore. Hallelujah. Amen? We continue to read. It says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoner of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Hallelujah. Isaiah 61.1, as we continue to read in Isaiah 61.1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open the opening of the prison door, the prison to those who are bound. Then we jump over to John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. And I know your pen is working really fast writing these scriptures down. It says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall, it shall make you free. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that such an encouraging word for us this morning? We can be set free. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you just lead us. And guide us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you speak through me this morning. Use me as an oracle, as a vessel of the Holy Spirit this morning, Lord, as I bring your word. God, I pray, Lord, that your seed would be planted in our hearts. And, God, that we would leave this place today different than we've ever been, Father God. Give us a favor, Lord. Give us a joy. Give us something that is unspeakable, Father God, that we can go into this world and shout and tell everyone about your glory, Father God. Use us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. You know, at the very end of that scripture just now I read, it says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Then he goes on to say, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall 
make you free. You know, that word free has got a lot of definitions to it, amen? How many like free food? I remember when I was a kid, look, let me tell you the honest truth. I, I tell you, we relied on commodities, amen? We relied on the free cheese, glory to God. We relied on the bell-bottom pants that they gave us, amen? School bells, what they used to call it back when I was a kid. Anybody remember school bell? Man, I'm in Texas. I guess they don't have that around here. Well, praise God. I'll tell you what, free is a big word. And so in this particular context, this is talking about, and the word in the Greek is free. It is free. Freedom to go wherever that one would like to go. You're free to go. You're free to do whatever you want to do. Freedom from bondage or slavery. This word free, it means to make free. Glory to God. Deliverance from sin and from the death penalty is what is coming towards us if we do not have Jesus Christ in our life. Amen? When we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, He sets us free. Glory to God. He comes into our life uh, and He begins to do a new work. Uh, sometimes He strengthens. Sometimes He slaps us around a little bit. Uh, sometimes He bounces us off of the wall. Some of us need it. Amen? Okay, I say amen. I needed it. Glory to God. I still need it every single day. But I'm talking about being free today, being free from this death penalty that the devil thinks he can put a curse on your life. He'll put a curse on your home. He'll put a curse on your marriage. And this devil thinks that he's got a plan to destroy you. But I got news for you today. We have been free, set free, and free indeed we are. Glory to God. Amen. We need to shout it from the rooftops. Amen. Glory to God. So it means to be justified from sin. Glory to God. I want to be justified from sin. Ephesians 4 8, it says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. This particular scripture here is talking about, uh, it's going into uh, military triumph. In, in older wars that we've had in our country, this, the, the conqueror was, he was placed in a very uh, elevated chariot or chariot. He was put up in this place, uh, and, and the, the conquered kings and generals were bound behind this chariot to follow defeated. Amen? One more thing I wanted to do for you before I continue with this message is, how many want to know how to pray for your pastors and for missionary, our missionaries? Would you like one of these? How many would like a copy of this? Put your hand up. If you want one, our ushers are going to start up here in the front, and they're going to work all the way back handing these out. This is, this is powerful, amen? I'll tell you what, Pastor Blake and Carla would appreciate you praying these prayers over them and over Pastor Dylan and Ashley uh, as they go over into Africa, amen? This is very important for all of us. And if you need one after the service, just let us know. We'll find you one. Take this with you. Put this on your, on your uh, desk next, next to where you study or where, on the couch where you sit to read your word. Set it there so you can pray. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, now you do, amen? Right here's a list of how you can pray and, and some biblical... Uh, teaching on, on how you can pray and, and lift up your pastors and lift up our missionaries all over the world. Amen? Praise God. So in this life that you and I live in today, there are four types of prisoners that I want to talk about this morning. Amen? How many prisoners can be honest? How many prisoners? I'm not talking about going to jail or prison, but how many prisoner, prisoners do we have in this place today? We have all been a prisoner. Amen? The rest of you are just holier than thou. Glory to God. Amen? But we have all been prisoners to something in our life. Amen? So let me ask the question one more time. How many prisoners do we have in this place? Glory to God. Amen. Listen, I'm a prisoner to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll tell you what, I've sold out. I'm all in. Glory to God. I am his, his, uh, his servant. Glory to God. So I, we're all uh, prisoners somewhere. Amen. So the first prisoner that I want to talk about is the physical prisoner. If you're writing notes, write it down. 
the physical prisoner. How many know that we have millions of people in prison today? Millions of people. They've, they've gone out. They've done something wrong. Uh, they, they, they've committed a crime. And I like how Pastor Marshall says it the best. He says, he says, do the crime, do the time. Amen? So we have people that have done something, and because of the consequence of what they've done, well, the consequence of what they've done is they have to go to jail or they go into prison. But even in this physical prison, these people can be set free. Even though you make a mistake in your life, and that's the greatness about Jesus Christ and his redeeming power is no matter what you've done in your life, God can come in and he can change your life. Do you believe that this morning? Back in 1996, I received a letter from a guy that I knew very well. And his letter starts off by saying this. He says, what's up, Mario? You know, sometimes you can't get them free from how they talk. Amen? What's up? You know? And uh, he says, what's up, Mario? He said, so how is everything going for you? He says, I hope it's good. I just wanted to write you to thank you for all your prayers and for witnessing to me. I gave my life to Jesus since I've been locked up. Every day, it trips me out. I can't believe I'm really saved. Even though I'm behind bars, I feel free ever since I was a kid. My family and everyone always told me that I would end up in prison. So I was kind of expected to be here. I had planned on, on, on coming here and getting more drugs and getting more guns and connections uh, so that when I get out of here, I can get back out in the world and do it all over again and do it bigger. But Jesus had a different plan. He says, Jesus had a better one. Jesus knew just what it would take for me to get saved. My wife used to tell me, he said, you're a good man. God's going to use you one day. It used to make me so mad. I would think to myself, if she only knew just who I was and what things I have done to her and against her, she would not say that about me. She had so much faith in God. She knew I was selling drugs, and, she, and I had gangbangers coming to my house all hours of the night. I would take her out uh, and, and, and in the evening and spend time with her, and I would get a page or a call. This, this tells you how old the letter is. She, he got a page. Amen. He would end up leaving her alone at that restaurant or that place where he was meeting with her so that he can go off and care uh, care for these other people and sell drugs and, and go into the neighborhood and rob these places and do all these things. He said, my sins were turning me into a monster that I hated so bad. Wanted to, so bad to be different. And I want to tell you that when you got saved, I first thought that you were just playing a role. But after a while, I never seen you at the parties or at the clubs so I started watching you. And after a while, seeing you weren't just playing games, but it was something real. And I wanted that. He said, I wanted what you had. He says, but the devil had me convinced that I had crossed the line and I was beyond salvation. I was too ugly and too, too naughty to, to even be helped. And I really believe that the prayers of my family and my wife and people like you kept me in God's protection until I got saved. I'll tell you what, this is a story, this is proof of God can change anybody at any given time. I like what Pastor Blake said just a couple of weeks ago. He said, don't wait until you go to prison to get your life right with God. Don't wait. You don't have to wait until it's too late 
for God to start doing something in your life. We can turn to God today. We have the opportunity to turn to God and surrender our lives to the Lord this morning. Amen? We have that opportunity. Glory to God. So this physical prisoner, this person, even though that the population in the prisons are, are growing today, we can understand that God can still save somebody. And we have people in this place that have gone to jail, been locked up, and they are saved today. But let me tell you something. I'm preaching something that is very real today. Because many people can get saved today, and tomorrow there's somebody else. How many people have we seen walk through these doors and come in here and give their life to Jesus Christ, and then tomorrow you don't see them ever again? And they're shouting, and they're, they're giving God the glory, and they're pump, you know, fist pumping, and, and they got the goods, but where are they at next week, amen? Because the devil is real, and the devil is after our soul, amen? But even in this physical prison, people can be set free. Praise God. Number two, there's the spiritual prisoner to sin. Now, I know none of us have that particular prison that we're involved in, amen? Got quiet in here. Amen? Spiritual prisoner to sin. Imprisoned to addiction. Imprisoned to sin. You remember in Mark chapter 5, the demoniac of the gathering, you read the story of how this man was completely tormented. He was naked. This man had, had to live. He had sin and it stripped him. This sin that he had in his life, it had stripped him from his righteousness. This man was going through trials. He was a homeless man. He dwelt in the, in the tombs. It was a spiritual death to him. The Bible says that he was wounded. He had self-conflicted wounds where he would cut himself. Self-inflicted. He was uncontrollable. Someone would try to help and he would just go and break the chains. After he was helped, you ever known somebody, you help them, and next thing you know, they're right back out there doing the same thing. Sometimes we got to get the bottle and take it away. Sometimes we have to allow someone to just go through what they're going to go through and, and just pray God's mercy on their life. I have a daughter I'm praying for like that today. I have a daughter today that I'm praying for that God would just stir her up. And my biggest prayer to God is, God, I ask, Lord, that you would just spare her life, Lord. But God, whatever she has to go through to turn back to you, God, I pray, Lord, that you do it today, Father. Those are my prayers. And I know for you today in this place, you have prayers uh, that you are praying out for God to do a miracle in your life, in someone else's life. Uh, but we have to understand this today, uh, that without God, there is no hope for any of us. Somebody could hold your hand. Your pastor could hold your hand every single day of your life. But he cannot get you to the cross where you're going to have to stand before God. Amen? We can tell you how to do it. We can get you there. But the decision is yours. You have got to make a decision to serve God. And so with all these things that this man battled, he was going through some trials. Did I give you Romans 6, 16? think I did. Romans 6, 16. Do you not know that the, that the, 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 the whom, uh, you, whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are that one's slave whom you obey. Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. I'm telling you, I want to be the obedient side, amen? I want to know that I'm going to the right way. I'm, I'm going to be living with righteousness in my life. Glory to God, amen? Praise God. God said something very important in Hosea 4.6. He said, my people are destroyed 
for lack of knowledge. Amen? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, it says, because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priest for me. It says, because you from, uh, from being priest for me, because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forgive your children. You see, they are fruitless. The, 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 these particular people here, they are fruitless Christian, living a fruitless Christian life. I lost my train of thought for just a second. But it's coming back. Hallelujah. Amen. God has set them free physically, bound in the area of the mind. They're just, they, they, they're, they're just as bound as the prison inmate. They have an unhealthy taste for sin. You said, I don't know anybody that has an unhealthy or a, a, a taste for sin. I'll tell you what, sin is a natural thing for all of us. Amen. It's a natural thing. We have to fight it. Do you remember the story? We think of Lot's wife. Uh, Lot, uh, his wife, had to keep looking back in Genesis chapter 19, verse 26. We can look at it now. Let's go ahead and read what it says. It says, but his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. It's amazing how God can deliver us from something. He can get us through the trial. He can get us out of the situation. But somehow there's something in us, uh, down in our spirit, uh, that wants us to turn around and look back at what we just left behind. Amen? Listen, I want to tell you something right now. I stand right here before you, and I say, there is nothing that is behind me that I want to go back and get. I'm, not, I'm talking past relationships, past friendships, uh, family members that have turned on me because I gave my life to Jesus. I don't even want to look back. I want to look forward. Hallelujah. I said, come on, if you want to go with me, this is where I'm going. Glory to God. Amen? She became a pillar of salt. Now, something we know about Lot's wife, she had a very unhealthy taste for sin. It was, it was an unhealthy taste. She liked this place called Sodom and Gomorrah. We've read about it in the Bible. A wicked place. She loved it there. Listen, this woman literally liked Sodom and Gomorrah so much, amen? She may not have physically sinned. Here, listen to this now. She may not have physically sinned, but she liked being around the sin. Oh, pastor, you don't get it. I just like the music when I go to the nightclub. Oh, I, I, I just like to sit there and I like to get my groove on. Yeah. I just like the feeling. I like the atmosphere, Pastor. Oh, I just, man, I just, there's so many people. You know, God can really use me to witness to those people. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, Pastor, you don't have to worry about me. I'm going to go in that strip club and I'm going to tell them all about Jesus. Yeah. You'd be surprised at the things we hear. And, and, and that's one of them. <laughs> Amen? We're not willing to let go of what's back there. Do you want God to make you a pillar of salt? Do you want God to say, uh-oh, you were with your hands to the plow. I'm going to get to that in a minute. You had your hands on the plow. You were pushing forward. You were making progress in your life. But because of some feeling of, of depression, and I'm not knocking it. I'm not, if you battle with depression, I'm not saying that you're weak. I'm just saying that it's a lie of the enemy, and it is not yours. It does not belong to you. Hallelujah. You can cast it out. Take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Amen? But too many times we get tormented in our mind. Something is there holding us back, causing us and wanting us to turn around and look back. I don't want nothing to do with looking back. Amen? Listen, this woman, she had an uncontrolled thought life. 
It was an uncontrolled thought life. Lot's wife, like many Christians in our generation today, they're convicted, but they're not converted. Oh, I feel bad for what I did, but well, I'm just going to go ahead. God's going to forgive me anyways. God loves me so much. Yeah, he sure does love you. He loves you so much that his scripture is going to teach us a few things in just a moment uh, where, you know what, we have to be careful that we don't look back to the things in our past uh, that are going to drag us back down where we came from. Amen? Because it's this fast. Uh, it's like the snap of a finger, the blink of an eye, that you will be right back where you started from. Start hanging around with some of your old buddies again. You just watch and see how you start talking. Yeah, I mean, you'll even start carrying a little drag. You'd be like... It don't even look right in the suit, does it? <laughs> Got the baggy drawers on. You start changing your talk. You start changing your attitude. You see, by reading the letter that I just wrote to you from this guy that I used to hang out with, you can tell the testimony that I come from. I come from a wild bunch of people. About 90% of my family members are either dead today or they're locked up in prison for murder, for theft, for everything you can imagine. But guess what? One day I woke up and I said, I'm not going to live this kind of life. Hallelujah. I don't want to live like Lot's wife lived. I don't want to look back to that old world that I came from. I don't want nothing to do with it. I know we're getting a little bit crazy in here today, but I'm excited, amen. I know where I come from. I'm not, when I speak to you, when I give you counsel, I promise you, I am not beating you down. When pastor comes to you and brings correction, we are speaking with love because we have seen the best of the best, the nicest of the nicest, the well-dressed of the well-dressed walk in this place, and we have seen the devil destroyed because the Bible says he comes in like a thief in the night. Oh, I'm telling you, it's like a thief in the night where he will come in and he will destroy you. He will take you out because he, is, he, he doesn't care anything about you. But my God does care, amen? Hallelujah. He cares about us. You say they flee from the wrath to come but perish away anyways. The angels had to force them to leave, but as soon as they were out of danger, what did they do? They looked back. They looked right back. So they got away. And then they said, oh, I'm just going to go back and see if everything's all right. It's like driving around the block because you saw a pretty girl. I love to tease my cousin. I've got a cousin. His name is Mike. I won't tell you his last name because you might meet him one day. We were driving down the street in his car, and he was driving, and he goes, ooh, baby. He saw a beautiful blonde. She was over at a bus stop, and he said, ooh, we got to go around the block. And this man, he drove about 90 miles an hour. He went both wheels like this around this corner. He went around the other corner, and he, I mean, this dude was flying around the corner. He wanted to see her again. You better believe it. And we get all the way around to that fourth turn, and guess what? We come around that corner, and there he was standing there. It was a blonde-haired, long-haired man. But he didn't see the face the first time. The pervert only saw the body. Let's just say he vomited. Isn't it amazing what can happen to us? You walk out of that, that bombshell. You walk out of the problem. And all of a sudden, you get out where you're supposed to be. And you say, I think I want to go back there because maybe I forgot my wallet. Huh? 
People come for counseling all the time. I remember a case one time, I've, I've shared this story. A guy came for counseling over and over and over and over. We gave him all the right answers to encourage him to, to have a wonderful marriage. And one day we're walking downtown, my wife and I, and here's this guy. We're walking, and she says, isn't that so-and-so? We're walking just on the main street downtown. And we're, and we're just walking and holding hands. She can't stop staring at me. I'm so handsome. And she's just looking at me. And she saw this guy in, the, in this bar. You know, the big downtown bars. You know, the windows are huge. And she, see, she says, isn't that so-and-so? I said, it is. Well, you know my wife. My wife can't hold herself back. So she goes over and she jumps. She runs up to the restaurant. She jumps up on the windowsill. And it's the windowsill. She's banging on the glass, banging on like this so she could get his attention. And the moment he turned, he turned like this to see her, who was banging on that glass. He saw her, and he went, boom, through the crowd, under the legs, around everybody. Oh, but he was on that dance floor just a grooving. You see, he had a problem in his life, and he wasn't willing to acknowledge the fact that he had a problem because nobody knew about that problem until he was caught. But now we all know where the problem comes from. Amen? You cannot look back into your past. You cannot look back into what God has already set you free from. Because if you look back, if you go back, then guess what? The devil will destroy your life. Amen? And there's some people in this place today. You're here today. You're holding on. You're at the very end of your rope. And you feel like there's no hope. But I got news for you. God, he is at your side. He wants to help you. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen? Praise God. I got so many notes here, but there's just not enough time. Praise God. Amen? God is so good. Hebrews 10.38 says, But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You know, that's the person going forward with God. That's the person that says, you know what? I've come in this place and gotten saved. Amen? My brother in the back corner, what's your name again? Tell me. David. Man, you're going to be a great man of God, brother. I know it already. I've gotten to know him. Amen? I got a good friend. I got a really good friend. You remind me of exactly of him. His name is Vince Martinez. He was one of my buddies that I was raised with. I got in a lot of trouble with this guy. God has delivered me, set me free from all that, but you remind me of him. And I want to tell you something, David. God told me to tell you that he's got his hand on your life. But he told me to tell you that this message is for you today. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We have to have a boldness with God. We have to be bold. We can't look back and see where we've come from because now we can do exactly what we used to be, but now we can do it for God. Amen. We can be in the army of the Lord shouting. We can be in the army of the Lord dancing glory to God. You saw them in that, in that video in Africa dancing. I mean, none of us can dance like that, but I'm telling you what, I wish I could. I leaned over to Carla and I said, well, I hope they teach you how to dance like that. Amen. I can imagine Pastor Blake dancing like that. Glory to God. We got to get him dancing. Come on, Pastor Blake. Get a little bit lower, Pastor Blake. Amen. But we can dance. We can shout. To, oh, I'm telling you what, we can go with the Holy Spirit. To, the Holy Ghost is upon you. You can do mighty things through God. Amen. You can do awesome things in God's name. Praise God. Luke 9.62, Jesus said this, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
The third prisoner is the prisoner of sickness. And I know right now in our, in our nation, in this world, there's a lot of sickness going on, and everybody's afraid of this virus that's going around. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Jesus is coming home. I said, Jesus is coming home. Glory to God. I'm telling you what, you wash your hands, wash your face, uh, do all you got to do. Uh, you know what? Keep your hands clean. I'm, 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 I'm telling you the truth. But the bottom line is I'm not going to worry about it, amen? I'm going to preach the gospel. We got people that we got to talk to that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got to stand strong. Uh, we got to be there. But listen, this prisoner right here, the prison of sickness is very important. Luke chapter 13, verse 11 it says, 11 through 16, it says, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him, and he said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15 says, the Lord then answered him and he said, hypocrite. We don't have any hypocrites in here today, do we? Praise God. Amen. Does not each of you, each one of you on the Sabbath lose it lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. You know, too many times we, we get too super spiritual, to be honest with you. Many times we get to where, oh, you can't do that. No, Jesus is healing. Let me tell you something. You are healed in the name of Jesus. The problem is, is there's a lot of people that are bound to this, bound, this, this bondage of sin. Amen? Praise God. And we need to understand that today. People say, I know God is able or I know God, he, you know, he has the power to do it. But is it really his will to heal me? Is it really God's will to do what he said he's going to do in my life? I got news for you today it is the answer is always yes Jesus Christ can heal and too many religions I'm telling you the truth they are taking healing out of the out of the, out of the Bible and we're not going to do that today we're going to stand on God's word amen you see let me tell you something we need to understand something the Bible says in Psalms 103 1, 1 through 3 I'm not going to read the 1 and 2 but in verse 3 it says who forgives all your iniquities who heals all of your diseases. He heals our diseases. Many times we have not let go or released the fear. We haven't released to God, given Him authority. He's all authority. He has all the power. But when we're not willing to release it to Him, we hold on to our sickness. We hold on to these battles. I, I think it was this morning service. I was telling how for years I've had this pain in my right side of my body. It's, I'm not using this as an excuse, but you're going to laugh anyways. I can't hardly even exercise anymore because of it. It hurts my body. It's okay. You can laugh. I'm a little chunky. It's all right. But every bit of it is saved. I promise you. But this little pain in my side, it's of the devil. I've answered every altar call, every healing crusade I've ever been in. 
I believe it. I, I, don't, I don't need a man to pray. I, I believe. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is the healer. And I lay my hand on my side, and, and I'm telling you something. I just know and I believe it in my heart that God is going to heal me. This does not belong to me. But I've been to every doctor. I've been, you can ask my wife. I've been from one doctor to the next. Matter of fact, they tried bringing all these crazy doctors in on me, and I'm not having it. Amen? They said, we're going to have to do exploratory surgery. We're going to open you up and take it out. Take what out? Well, whatever the pain is. Well, if you can't find the pain from outside, then you ain't going inside to get it. I'll come right out of this table and judo chop you. I'll tell you, we was born with, we spitfires, amen? My wife, she fired a doctor one time. We, we fire them. Fire them hard, fire them slow. How's it? Fire them slow, fire them fast. They're going to hate you anyways, amen? Bottom line is, I'm trusting God for my healing. I'm trusting God for my miracle. The fourth one, real quickly, in Ephesians 3, verse 1, says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Oh, praise God. The prisoner of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, 1 says, Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you. And if you jump over to 2 Timothy 1, 8, it says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me, his prisoner. See, we're a generation of Christians who many times are looking for what God can do for us. We're looking for what God can do for me. God, what do you have for me today? What can you do for me, God? Look at me down here, Lord. Suffering. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Oh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't weep and mourn my daughter. I said, God, where are you? When are you going to do this, God? Just bring her home, Lord. Doors unlocked. Let her come in. When, when, when? And we're asking God, God, what are you going to do for me? But the bottom line is, we should look to God to see what we can do for him. You know, God had to give me a revelation, and I caught it pretty early. I got it. I got it. My job is to release it to him and be faithful in praying and reading and judo chopping the devil. Devil can't get up on this. He can't come up on this. You with me, right? He ain't coming up on me. I'm too mighty, too powerful in God. I mean, he's going to throw his darts at me. Don't get me wrong. We, we've had some knockdowns. We, we, we. We hit the ground pretty good, don't we? We just bounce right back up. We do. But I'll tell you one thing. Sickness ain't going to hold me down. Sin in my life is not going to hold me down. I'm telling you what, my job is to obey the Word of God, to serve Him with my heart, my whole life, and to give Him all that I am. Listen, yes, I know if we call on God, He'll do it. He'll, 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 he'll pour His blessing upon us. He'll do all these things that He promised us. But God is saying, what are you, what are you, David, what are you, John, what are you, Jesse, what are you? I go down the list, down the list. Joe, what are you? Pastor Mario, what are you going to do for God? What are we going to do so that we don't get caught looking back into Sodom and Gomorrah? 
Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. All over this place this morning, you're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm away from the Lord today. I'm a sinner. And I'm not saved. But today I want to be saved. All over this place, if that's you, I just want you to real quickly just lift up your hand. Put it up. Put it right back down. I want to pray for you. How many more all over this place? Come on. Don't be ashamed of the gospel this morning. We're not fooling each other here today. This is real. Amen. I see these hands. How many more? You see, many times in our walk with God, we rely on past, past victories. We're relying on past prayers and past experiences. I found a quote that says, faith is the wings that prayer flies on. And I want to ask you today, do you need a miracle? The things that people don't know about you, the things that you're involved in, I'm not here to ridicule or, or, or torment you, I promise you. I am only here to preach the truth and to help you to acknowledge the simple fact that you need a Savior this morning. I need a Savior. I need a Savior. And Jesus Christ is our only Savior today. All over this place, how many more? One, more, one last time, I'm going to ask, if you're in this place, you say, I want to be saved. I want to be set free this morning. Just lift it up, put it up, put it right back down. Praise God. You say, well, Pastor, I've been saved before. I'm just away from God right now. I haven't really done what I need to do or be who I need to be. Just lift your hand up if that's you. Put it up and put it right back down. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Let's all stand up. I love what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 34, verse 8. It's a very powerful scripture. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I like how Pastor Blake said it better last week. Oh, the Lord is great. Amen? He's great. And really, the bottom line is, is if we can just align ourselves with the things of God and continue to go forward. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to hit speed bumps along the way. I promise you that. You're going to go through some hard times and, and things are coming. But you know what? As long as you got Jesus Christ in your life, I want to tell you something. Man, they're, they're Aspen, what is your husband's name? Hunter. Hunter and Aspen. I'm going to tell you something. This, this is the Lord. This is not me. I promise you that. But God is saying that he's got you wrapped up in his hands. He's going to take care of you. I don't know anything that you're dealing with. I, I know we've been praying for your child. But I'm talking, this is for you guys as a family, as a whole, that God is saying, I've got you. I understand. I know what you're going through. And he says, I'm not just going to heal you. I'm going to restore. He says, I'm going to take, give you back what the devil has stolen from you. And he says, he's going to build you up. And he's going to make something special out of you. That's both of you. Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Before we go any further, let's, let's all just come down to this altar this morning. I want us to pray. Just find a place down here to pray. Talk to the Lord. What type of prisoner are you today? Are you a prisoner of Jesus Christ or are you still bound by something in your life? Just give it to the Lord this morning and I promise you he'll help you. If you got a husband that's down here or a wife that's down here, come up and be with your, your family member this morning. Amen? Praise God. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, 
Go to our website at vwotexas.com.